2: Welcome to In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast, dedicated to destiny and its community. Today's show, episode 25, even the great Osiris loves some glitchy rockets. Here are your hosts, Jorge and David. On today's show, Trials of Osiris and Iron Banner, which was supposed to come out the week of May 24th through the 30th, have been canceled. We go over Challenge of Elders and a review of The Arena. And we also take questions from you, the fans in our segment, Messages from the Reef. But before I begin this podcast, we have many in this great Destiny community that go through many things in their lives. As a cancer survivor, I know that without donations to great groups that provide support, research, and care, I would not be here today, for better or worse, to provide this show. Back in 2009, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and thankfully, I am now in remission and healthy. I would like to collect funds to help the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. In the coming weeks, I will put out the word on how to donate, but I recommend everyone visit www.lls.org to learn about blood cancers that involve the very young to the very old among us. And with that, let's go ahead and start in orbit. Segment 1, the cancellation of Trials of Osiris and Iron Banner. Per the weekly update, Deej stated the following, The thought of a Trials map being renamed Rocket Town sends a shiver up our spines. The esteemed Brother Vance will be ordered to stand down. The same holding pattern applies to Iron Banner. Lord Saladin will be granted approach to the tower once our work is complete. And if, I don't know about you guys, but this immediately brought back memories to me about the Shadowshot Infinity uh, glitch and the Quick Charge Golden Guns caused by the scatter grenades and what it happened is a glitch activated the cocoon perk and clown cartridge perk at the same time so you would have a raid primary that had the cocoon perk and let's say a rocket launcher with the clown cartridge perk with I don't know grenades and horseshoes just just for the fun of it and you're running around and you just keep switching between the two and all of a sudden boom full magazine of a rocket and it could be in round one of trials of osiris or within the first 30 seconds of a crucible match all of a sudden you're just seeing explosions all over the place now that being said i've played crucible quite a bit in the past few days i actually haven't seen it that much have you guys encountered it at all
1: uh i have not at all and i think it's kind of um kind of a testament to the community that I haven't seen it. And I think that's because right now we're at a period where it's back to more the hardcore people playing mm-hmm. and the hardcore people don't really like to expose glitches like that. So I think you're not going to see it that common.
0: Uh, well, seeing how I haven't really played destiny <laughs> in a long time. Um, I mean, I, I, I would thought it would be rampant because last time I played and there was a glitch like this was exactly went with the shadow shot infinity. That was the last. That was that was the, uh, the one of the last times I played Iron Banner, and it stopped me from playing Iron Banner. That you know that specific time. So
2: yeah that if, that was a tough time because you just turned the corner and all you kept hearing was
0: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I'm glad. I mean, if the if the if the community has matured or uh, let's say dropped off to the hardcore players, and and that's that's how the community reacts to this. Like they don't want to use it even though they can. Way to go, Destiny community. That that, that how mature of you.
1: <laughs> I, I mean I think it, it also like you mentioned the Iron Banner that could have been part of it and that might be why they cancelled Iron Banner is when you get in these competitive game modes people will expose whatever they can to try and get the wins and if you're just playing Crucible for fun like I mean you're, you're not caring as much about the win, And plus people who are playing Crucible for fun do it every day and they don't want to see their game ruined
0: yeah and I actually even them cancelling Iron Banner Uh, I think that even shows a bit more maturity on Bungie's part, because with the Shadow Shot, they knew about Shadow Shot before Iron Banner, the Iron Banner where it was just abused, and they did nothing about it. They're just like, oh, well, there's this bug going on, but it's Iron Banner. I guess we'll just have to get him next time. This time, they actually uh, completely shut it down, which was good on them, you know. Now, I, wonder if they, if I-, I wonder if they're going to do something to help not not to compensate the players like they have to compensate the players, but, you know, I know when I was playing Destiny a lot, I would look forward to Iron Banner every month, and now it's cancelled, so, you know, they're going to have a lot of people who are disappointed, and maybe they could do something for them.
2: I actually think that what's going to happen is that they're just going to push it back a week or two. Uh, that's what happened last time. In fact, whenever there's been a situation where, I mean, it's not the same exact thing, but let's say Zer. Um, was impacted remember during the Christmas fiasco not this past Christmas but the Christmas before they just let Xur stay in the tower a couple more days right so if anything it would be a similar thing where they would just push out the Iron Banner another week I mean it was supposed to be this Tuesday I would uh in case you guys are listening uh this Tuesday would have been the what is it the 23rd 24th yes yeah. Um. So it, it'll just be the first week of May or June. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't think that's going to be that big a deal. And then that later that same month, you get another Iron Banner. So it's almost like, like like when you get paid three times a month. Yeah, you're getting paid twice a month this time with Iron Banner.
0: All that loot. I call that magic money when it happens. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, honestly, I think the bigger impact isn't Iron Banner, because Iron Banner is kind of this once-a-month thing. I think the bigger impact is Trials being canceled, and that's because there's there's a lot of the community that comes back only on weekends to play Trials. And now they don't have that reason to come back this weekend.
2: If if anything, maybe it's just me, but I am kind of getting tired of the Trials of Osiris and Iron Banner modes. I don't, Not that they're bad, it's just... They haven't really changed in any meaningful ways since they came out originally. Iron Banner more than Trials of Osiris. I mean, Trials of Osiris is literally the same exact mode. The only thing that's changed has been the gun balance. Iron Banner, um, they, with Taken King, they've introduced, uh, what is it? They move from Control to Clash to the one hated one of Rift. But other than that, it hasn't really changed. It's still the same concept. And for something that's supposed to be special, it all it is is just a special version of Control, Rift, or Clash. I don't I don't see any, anything special besides the loot. And I kind of want the actual event, the activity, to be something different. And we'll talk about that later, but it looks like it may undergo a little bit of a change in the future. But before we get to that, David, why don't you go ahead and talk
1: about Mash Those Buttons? Mash Those Buttons is the ultimate website for video game snark and commentary by passionate gamers who love gaming of all kinds. From fighting games to shooters to MMOs, we cover the latest and greatest and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.MashThoseButtons.com.
2: So let's get into segment two, the two bungee Vidocs. The first one was the artist of Destiny, the Raid Along, and the Raid Along, I'm sorry. And during the Artists of Destiny, they went over some of the art that is shown during the loading screens for the updates in Destiny. And they talked about the concept art for weapons and factions. Um, it was kind of cool to see the progression of how it went from, I think it was Arceus, to Suros because the Arceus name was an actual gun manufacturer's name. They had to quickly change that over to Suros, and it's interesting to note that the actual artists of Destiny don't factor into the special perks. The special perks are are decided later on by people who work on the lore and the actual gameplay uh, of how it works in the game. Uh, They had Jesse Van... I'm going to butcher these names, so please bear with me. Jesse Van <laughs> Jick, Joseph Cross, and Adrian... Um, who spoke about the design of the world's weapons and approach, to how it looks on art, and how it translates in-game. They mentioned they did not set the perks like Gjallarhorn's Wolfpack rounds or Thorn's poison, or the lore behind it, as we mentioned. And Thorn is actually a very interesting one because we all know that Thorn has... A whole bunch of cards dedicated to it, the the story behind it, and everybody likes that story. They kind of want to see it in the game. Uh, then this past week, during the raid led by Cosmo, uh, raid designer Brendan Brendan Thorne and writer Jill Shar talked about some of the raid structurally and conceptually, as well as talking about the meaning of some of the rooms. Uh, for example, when they were talking about the War Priest room. It was originally an amphitheater with the aura acting as protection from the Oculus, uh, which I kind of would have preferred to have seen a little bit. Um, It would have been cool if you went into the room, kind of like when you're going into the final room for the story uh, on Regicide, where it's all dark and you're led in there by a stream of light. All of a sudden the lights turn on and you turn around and there's nothing but uh, thrall, hive knights and and acolytes just sitting there like staring at you and all of a sudden they just stand up and they're like pointing at you and doing their little taunt they jump down and they just start going after you and then as you're like fighting against these hordes you have to get in positions to take the aura it would have been cool like that that's just me uh they also talked about the golgaroth room uh where the golgaroth room is actually the storage area of light the hive feed on which I kind of found weird. It it's it, it seemed like it, they kind of forced lore in that room. Um we, all, we already know that the uh the tablet of ruin actually was part of these lore behind it that giant stone in the middle and they talked about it a little bit in the grimoire, but it just seemed weird that all of the light is focused on those bubbles in in the room. I don't know. Um besides that there really wasn't too much um lore or real talk about the structure of the raid and i i kind of was disappointed uh because i know when they did stuff for overwatch or whatever they'll open up the entire you know the arena and they'll say yeah we we specifically did this here because we wanted to see how this would go over here and they use very technical numbers, of like point five meters away, and blah 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 blah. And I kind of when I'm when I'm watching these vidocs, I don't see the detail and these expected numbers or whatever that I kind of would have been hoping. Um, Jared, you you saw the Overwatch vidocs, correct? Yeah. So you know what I'm talking about, correct?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I think it's because overwatch from start to finish was built to be competitive you know and competitive play like that that may like 0.5 meters may not sound like a lot it may sound very exact but it, it it is but it actually you know it makes a lot of difference in a competitive game like I have played games in overwatch where I have lost by by 0.1 meters you know what I'm saying so I think that that's why they had to pay more uh, attention to detail in that aspect to Overwatch, whereas when you're talking about a game and doing a raid, you know, um, I think there's a little bit more leeway. Not to mention, I mean, like, don't, don't get me wrong, the, the, in terms of the Crucible as well, I don't think the Crucible was a complete afterthought for Bungie, but, you know, with with Destiny, um they had to go half and half, like half multiplayer well, a half competitive multiplayer and then half co-op multiplayer. And that's why they just didn't focus on it the way that the Overwatch team did, you know,
2: speaking of crucible, this coming, t- not Tuesday, I apologize, Wednesday, they're actually going to be doing a Vidoc on the crucible where they will be going in with a sandbox version of each of the, a couple of favorite maps. So, That's where I'm hoping to see a little bit more of the numbers and very certain specifics. But given the past few Vidocs, I'm kind of holding my breath on any very specific numbers and such. So I'll be taking a look at that. And Jared, I kind of also want you to take a look at that and report back on your findings because I'm interested to see your response to what they got to say. What were you gonna say, David? I I heard you, I'm sorry.
1: Maybe uh, they'll finally explain why they have closing doors. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. Man. I expected uh, to start with, man, we love cheese. That's how I expect <laughs> that, <laughs> that video to start. That, <laughs> <laughs> that is the one that I'm excited for, though. Everybody knows I like the uh, Crucible side of this game. And I'm, I'm excited to see their thoughts behind map design because Destiny does have some very interesting map design in comparison to other games.
2: Well, yeah. I think their map design has gone down in quality um, since vanilla.
0: Well, and, and I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. You were talking first.
2: <laughs> I was just gonna say, for example, there are certain game modes where certain maps on vanilla it was heavily advantageous to get a certain spawn. For example, uh, what is it, Shores of Time? If you're on the seaside spawn, is that the one where you're by the waterfall and whatnot?
1: Yeah, you we are camped out back. Basically.
2: Correct. If you're on the seaside spawn, you have the C really easy to get to and then B's just straight away whereas where if you're on C or I'm sorry, A, you're in there, you kind of have to work around. And yes, you kind of can snipe towards um towards B, but it's not as easy. Uh, you just you're 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 sitting ducks pretty much. I mean, you can easily camp out B just snipe on them really easy from the other side and just demolish people um however i think that that map works fantastically well for a game mode such as clash or whatever it's really really balanced and there's a lot of places where you have options for all different types of gun modes you have your shotguns your fusion rifles your snipers all all viable in that map and that's not something i can say for something say uh the the one map in the reef the Oh, goodness gracious. Drifter. Drifter, yes. Drifter is, is, is just heavy always. shotgun plays. Very, very heavy shotgun plays. That's not to say that you can't use sniper rifles, but you're always, it's always, you turn the corner, somebody's there, pow. Turn the corner, somebody's there, pow. It 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 it, it leads to very little gunplay, and you're just seeing constant shotguns. And, and there's other maps newer maps that are like that as well that they really heavily focus on one gun type i mean you're seeing it with a cathedral of dust by the way i have yet to see cathedral of dust this month
1: yeah because we haven't seen uh iron banner yet this month that's right. why you haven't seen cathedral of dust that might
2: be true but remember <laughs> we were we were doing what is the clash yesterday we we did black shield we did a whole bunch of other maps but not one Cathedral of Dusk.
1: Well, I mean, part of part of that is just their map rotation right now is kind of terrible, but... Right. Uh, no, I think the one thing you were talking about um, with the maps being different from beginning to now is originally their maps had what I would call the Call of Duty formula for map development, where you have basically three lanes of play. And those three lanes create encounters where there's lots of gunplay through those lanes. You can get close to them and use shotguns or stay far, use snipers, or just use your primary. And they kind of, for a little while, were getting away from the three-lane style. And when you get away from the three-lane style, it spreads out the action and makes the map seem not as condensed. Because you can have bigger maps and still have three-lane style, and that keeps the action going. But when when they kind of throw crucible maps that essentially look like an area that would be in patrol it doesn't work as well i'd say right
0: this is where we're going to (laughs) disagree
1: so that that three lane style because you're
0: right they did have a three lane style of play um that's not a call of duty thing that is an arena shooter thing that started back with quake three arena maybe even before that that's the first time i I really remember seeing that so that's like 98 99 you know what i'm saying but that is an arena shooting, thing because at the end of the day uh, people call Call of Duty a, a military shooter. Ultimately, Call of Duty is an arena shooter that is severely like nerfed and dumbed down. Even with, with Call of Duty, uh, you know, the original Call of Duty and Call of Duty 2, it used an arena shooter formula, but without health packs, without power-ups, you know, and things of that nature. Right. Now, if you saying they got away from the Call of Duty formula, I actually, in my opinion, they actually embraced the Call of Duty formula because the current Call of Duty formula, actually the Call of Duty formula since Modern Warfare 3, I think, was uh, that they only want you to be, they only want you to be able to be shot from four different directions at one time. So the way they design the maps is so that you you know you don't have to look in eight nine up down left right you know diagonal different directions you know to uh, uh, in the cases of an engagement you know what I'm saying they actually dumb the map down, which is why I think you're 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 thinking they're not as as good right now. Like next time you play, like take a look at how many different directions you can be shot from at any given any given place.
1: Well, I mean. That's, are you, so are you saying they added more places to be shot from with Destiny? No, they,
0: they removed.
1: They removed them. Okay. See, but that's where I think it would also be not as good because with a game like Destiny, Destiny is based a ton on vertical movement, so you should be able to be shot from from above and below. Exactly. Basically,
0: all. The yeah, time. we agree on that. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think the the quality of the maps, because you know, I mean, I think we all agree the quality of the maps has been going down, um, right. and that's why because they they're simplifying it. I mean, the, the one the thing that the games industry Recognizes and they have for a long time, and it's been a problem for players like us, like hardcore gamers. Is that the more you simplify a game, the easier it is for people to play, the more people are going to play your game. That is just how it goes, you know. And so, Bungie coming from a game like Halo that has a hardcore fan base, they didn't have to worry about dumbing down the maps because Halo was a huge game, it was a huge name. People were going to play it regardless, you know, they even either going to play it for the single player or they're going to play it for the multiplayer. And that's that. It had a huge base, but when you come to Destiny and you bring that along, now you have to. While Destiny did, uh, it did break you know records, they also had a big falling off um, with players. And unlike a Halo, they needed those players to keep playing because they need to sell them DLC and they need them to buy into microtransactions and things like that. So they're trying to keep players playing. It's the same thing they did in WoW. Like WoW has also been uh, severely I don't want to say dumbed down, but uh, made easier to play, you know, uh, so that they can keep players playing. And a, li- a large portion of their community, they want vanilla servers back because they like that style of play. But obviously, I'm not sure if you guys can keep it up with the news. Blizzard's like, ha ha ha, no.
2: <laughs> you know? Yeah, they closed that down real quick. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I, I think another thing is and this just kind of speaks to the game development in general, as you were saying, is if you look at any game that keeps up basically a uh, map-based, multiple map-based, so not like uh, MOBA style, but they've got tons of maps in their games, the longer the game exists for, the worse quality you seem to get with maps. And I think part of that comes down to the gaming companies don't want to use the same map over and over and they don't want to use the same format because they think you want to see something new when at the same time like we are okay with these maps that are from the past or similar styles to the ones from the past because those are the ones that worked. and when they try and make these new maps like they tried to make cathedral of dusk and they're like oh this is gonna be a really cool map but it's like no like that type of map sucks because you're trying to make it essentially the dreadnought in crucible and that's not what we want we want crucible maps that work not crucible maps that you think look cool Right.
2: Here's here's the thing. The other one on the dreadnought, I actually don't have that much of a problem with. I I think that that one works very very well. Um, dungeons. Yeah, I I actually like dungeons um, because there it's very it's it's vertical. <laughs> it, 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 you you're forced to in the, in the in the two side rooms from from when you spawn out and you go out, go through the door. It it quickly becomes a vertical thing, and it does, and and you're you're fighting on two different levels, and all of a sudden there's a one area we can go down low, or you can go up high, and it, it there's there's even on those areas, especially on the download part, you have the up high area where you can get the special ammo, and there's there's the ground area where I think B would be, uh, and, and you have you have fighting on on two different fronts. It's a very uncomfortable level. But it keeps you on your toes, and and I think it's very, very well balanced. The other map is just long for no good reason, and it takes forever to get anywhere. And that's where people just get tired of of running, especially in something like uh, Control. Now, here's the thing. I think that that map is perfect for Rift because it encourages not just, you know, quickly running and, and just ignoring everything and just... No, it encourages you to stay back if you if you're holding the rift and you have people in front of you like clearing the the, air, the path in front of you, and I think that out of any map that map is perfect for rift and it should be more of a rift exclusive map because I think it really really works there. Another map that that's very similar that works very very well in rift is um, Pantheon. Problem with Pantheon for rift is it. It's too narrow on the sides. It's a huge map, but it's very very narrow, so you you're just funneling people into a spot. So if you're defending the rift, you could just stay back and just put 3 at 3 on one side, 3 on another side and just gun everybody down. So that defeats the purpose whereas Cathedral of Dusk works much better. It's more open. There's multiple paths to the goal. So it, 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 it you can't just camp a spot. It's very, very... It, it, it's good for that game type. Other well, game types, not so much.
1: Um, I, well, I agree that those two maps are both very good Rift maps. I think part of the problem with Rift and the reason why people don't like Rift without even realizing this might be the reason is the spawns in Rift are so jacked up. It's not, a, it's not even funny. Like the, the thing with Rift is you will always spawn in the back of your spawn. There's no way to push out a spawn which is part of why Rift can't be a good like competitive style. It didn't work as well. I love playing it in Iron Banner, but it didn't work as well in Iron Banner because you couldn't play it like a true competitive style. Because when you look at something like Capture the Flag has always been a very big competitive game mode in other games. And Capture the Flag is similar to Rift. So that's where I'm going to use the comparison. When you're playing competitive Capture the Flag in Call of Duty, because I have some history there, you basically want to push out the spawn to the sides of the map you push you basically you'd have one person who'd be coming in for the flag and two because it'd be three at three was it three and three was it was four and four it's three and three you'd push someone in and push two in and have one stay back and your goal is to essentially push the spawn out to the side so that you can then get the flag and then use the other side of the map to return it to your side to score the point with rift you get punished hardcore, especially on um, the Dreadnought map. Why can't I think of it? We just, we've just we been saying it the entire time. Cathedral of Dusk. Cathedral of Dusk. Um, you get punished hardcore if you're attacking and you die because you get sent all the way back to your spawn. Right. And now you've got to cover 10 football fields to get back to the action. Right. Where if you die defending, you don't get punished because you spawn right back where the rift
2: is. Yeah, that, that, that is something I would change where I would make it if you're defending... You get spawned to the other person's rift. Um, I, I, I do want there to be a punishment for dying on both sides, and I, I I think that the defending side gets too much of a break. And but anyway, let's let's focus back on the the actual topic, which was the ViDocs. This this coming week, a ViDoc will come out from Crucible, and check that out, and we'll report back on that on the next show. Um, our feelings and whether or not they really went and focused on the actual things that we're looking for with regards to Crucible. But let's go ahead and uh, take a little bit of a break. I want to kind of talk about Uncharted a little bit because Uncharted 4 just came out. And if you're kind of wanting to get caught up, we recommend the Nathan Drake collection. Jarrett, you want to go ahead and talk about that?
0: Oh yeah. We recommend the Nathan Drake collection. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> like, and this is coming. This is coming from somebody who I've already played through Uncharted one and two, and halfway through three. I had I had already done that, but it had been a really long time since I actually um, you know, played it. Played played three. I, I I was I still have my PS three hooked up right, and I was like, well, I'll just play it on my PS three. But I'm already halfway through the game, so I decided yeah, I'll just pick up the Nathan Drake collection and see what it's about. Uh, I've been saying for years that Uncharted one was one of the most un- overrated games I have ever played, right? And that the only reason to play it is so that you know who you're dealing with in Uncharted 2. What the Nathan Drake Collection did was show me that Uncharted 1 was an amazing game marred by bugs. That was the problem. Because Uncharted 1, I, I can't. I, I had so much fun replaying through it now that all the bugs have been fixed. Because remember, un- Uncharted 1, I don't, know if you, I don't remember if you guys remember, but Uncharted 1 was when the PS3 like first came out, and people were still trying to figure out how to use the cell processor. So you had unstable frame rates, you had crashes, you had uh, terrible aiming on top of that. Like, these guys wearing Hawaiian shirts would take like 10, 12 bullets to kill. Ter- hard to get headshots. Not anymore, man. They really fixed the gunplay on Uncharted 1, and, I mean, just the game itself really held up, like, very well, and... Without all the bugs marring it, it really showed how good of a job they did with not just the gameplay, but like with the cinematics and the stories and the voiceover and things like that. And Uncharted 2 was just a phenomenal game in general. If you haven't played Uncharted 2 yet, you are really, you're missing out. You you, you got to show yourself some love and play some Uncharted 2 because it's, in my opinion, it's one of the best games uh, that was out for the PS3, hands down. Uh... The level, uh, it, it's like playing a movie. It, the game itself is like playing a movie. I know that people say that a lot, but once you play Uncharted 2, you will see exactly what I'm talking about. Like, wow, this game—it really, this is the closest thing to playing a movie that you will get. You know, without playing a game like Heavy Rain where everything is QTEs. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. I haven't gotten to Uncharted 3 yet, but man, like, it, I, I can't, I can't wait. Like, I'm, I'm almost done with Uncharted 2 in the HD collection. the nathan drake collection and uh uncharted 1 was a blast i can only imagine that uncharted 3 is going to follow suit the only thing i gotta worry about is the fact that (laughs) uncharted the the problem with uncharted 3 is that it came after uncharted 2 and it's hard to keep that going so that uh, i'm looking forward to it i'm looking for uncharted 4 too but i'm having just a, a really really good time with the nathan drake collection totally worth it, especially if you haven't played it like before, but if you even if you've played the games before, you owe it to yourself to replay through these amazing games that have held up over, Was it, uh, 2007, I think, Uncharted came out, so you're looking at a game that's almost 10 years old, that held up very very well, that is rare. You know, like, you, people are gonna try to go, people are gonna be playing Modern Warfare Remastered this November, and they'll see exactly how far Call of Duty has come, and when it comes to uh, Uncharted, it it's like somebody developed this last year, so I like it. Maybe I should have just said, "Yeah, I like it." End the story. <laughs> he likes it, people. I like Move it on.
2: I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about segment three. Now, originally, when I was putting over together the show notes, I was like, oh, this is going to be a pretty quick episode and pretty uneventful." Well, hold your horses there, people. Segment three, Rise of Iron and or Destiny 2. So around this time last year, there were a couple leaks that were going around about Red Bull showing off Destiny the Taken King. And we were like, Red Bull? That's weird. Lo and behold, it was actually true. This year... A An image of Lord Saladin holding a giant fiery axe or hammer, whatever that is, and a very ornate wolf cloak are circulating, and rumors of Cabal Raid and such seem to be fading. If anything, this pushes the thoughts of the following. The long-promised Fallen Raid and or potential invasion of Vex to Earth. Almost everything points to Earth being the main subject of the new expansion, as when they did an analysis on the image... It looks like the same exact wall from the very beginning of the game. It just looks like that middle portion has literally been torn down and a straight shot to the center of the Khazardrum is there. Anything, this points to House Kings being heavily involved. But then there are rumors of another uh, fallen house being involved, those with magical powers. In addition to that, there are also rumors circulating that the expansion will involve tanks and healers. So, guys, I open up the floor. Especially to Jared first, because I, I wanted his gigantic impressions on this, especially with the whole thing with tanks and healers. Is this a good thing?
0: Okay. So, I'm going to start with my short comment first about it being on Earth. I was uh-huh. really hoping they do something with Mars, man. Come on. I, I want something done with Mars, but... Well, okay, Earth, fine, whatever tanks and healers. While that may not sound like a bad like a big deal, I think that is a huge deal. If they're actually going to bring tanks and healers in, tanks more so than healers, and this is why. I mean, so far your classes and destiny, or your subclasses and destiny are uh Pretty, uh, I wouldn't call them classes in the way you would call them classes in other RPGs, right? Uh, they're classes because they have a certain set of abilities, but the way Destiny plays, these all these characters are interchangeable. They can use the same types of weapons. Uh, they, you can take, you know, uh, mixed groups of people in to the raids and to your uh, strikes and things like that. And it really doesn't make a difference. And especially running through the main content, it really doesn't make a difference. Um, if you actually bring a tank in, a class that is solidified in RPGs, that has a very specific role, like tank is more than a class, it's a role. And for those who don't really know what a tank is, because you say tank, and the first thing most people think is that, oh, it's, 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 it's a powerful person. And... That's not technically speaking true when it comes to RPGs. What a tank really does, tanks have high health, high survivability, but low damage output. The job of the tank is to keep, the, is to help keep the group alive by making all the enemies focus on him. He's taking the damage, and he has abilities to help him negate damage or even block damage so that while all the enemies are trying to kill him, uh, the rest of the team can focus down on the rest of the enemies so i guess my my first question is how do you do that in a game where anybody can use any weapons the gun's power is i want to say completely independent of the character but slightly independent of the character you know if you have a high powered weapon you have a high powered weapon and that's it because if you have a tank with high health high survivability and high damage output or even medium damage output that's overpowered especially in a place like the crucible you have high survivability in the crucible but yet you can put out the same amount of damage as somebody else that's a bit you know too much then on top of that the the entire game would have to be rebalanced from a uh, PVE perspective uh, the ai would have to be reprogrammed because the tank would have to be able to draw enemy fire or basically even if you guys are all in a group together the tank would need to be the priority fighter Like the tank would need to be the enemy priority or the tank would need to have abilities that would force the enemy to uh, lock onto him and try to kill him while everybody else is killing the enemies. And then that itself, in my opinion, is a balance issue. How do you balance that with a game like Destiny where, you know, if you have a group of skilled players... A a people, a group of people who are good at shooting, and you and all the enemies are focused on a tank. They can just easily go around and take take care of all of the ads, you know. Because a tank, while while and it does make a difference for boss fights to a degree. Uh, the tank still like you know like the way the boss fights work in Destiny is like you know, boss is invincible or their weak spot is covered for a certain period of time. X Y Z happens, boom, their weak spot opens up. You know, and, and you can take opportunities to shoot them, uh, so that, that that really doesn't affect the tank too much. But it's more about the ads and making sure uh, that the tank is the, their number one priority, so that the rest of your of your allies can then you know deal with the ads. Which in a regular RPG makes a lot of sense. You know, it makes a lot of sense. But in a game like Destiny, where everything's so interchangeable, really doesn't make sense you know, taking certain classes into raids with you is definitely helpful for certain periods of time. Uh, Over over the certain periods of time, or certain aspects of each raid. But I don't know if you're ever in a situation where you have to have this person, you have to have that person. Uh, Bungie definitely made sure that, you know, any player who wants to play whatever they want to play can go in and do almost anything they want to do to a degree. You know, is this making sense to you guys? It
2: does,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. I just want to make sure that I, I'm I'm not in my own head here, <laughs> thinking about this stuff. I just really think that because healers are a different story. You can have a class that heals people and stays in the back. Like, I imagine the healer is going to have lower health. Um, probably still have the same type of weapons, which is fine. But he 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 will have abilities that heal people. That's great. But the tank is is really a different beast. Like, why? It's either why would you need him in the game? Like you have. Or, if you if he does come out, like, he's so overpowered, why wouldn't everybody just play Tanks, you know, and go into a raid? I think...
2: Yeah. What I think is gonna happen sooner rather than later is the whole thing with regards to the, uh... For example, I know on Titans, it's like Titan Codex 1, Titan Codex... The, through Titan Codex 6. That whole thing has kind of been bungled up, and in, in addition to that, the actual perks certain perks giving you additional agility and, and like that whole thing. First, like it, it could be the, the stupidest thing. Like you can throw an extra grenade. All of a sudden I have additional agility. And like, what does that have to do with with agility? Like, I understand if it's a perk where you get, say, say, for example, the uh, the, the one perk for the for the for the Titan, you get the shoulder charge. That makes sense to have extra agility. But certain, certain other perks, like it just doesn't make sense, like I can throw a hammer, all of a sudden I have more armor. Just doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> my, th- my thought process is, I don't think we'll get another subclass this coming fall. I think we're going to have a massive, massive restructuring of all subclasses in general and which would explain why certain subclasses weren't really touched this past uh, balance, but they were kind of brought in line because what I can see happening soon is that they're going to make it so that while they're not going to have new subclasses, they're going to change the factors of the subclasses. I could very easily see a Warlock Sunsinger subclass that is dedicated to putting down Health fire bolts or health orbs all over the place, sunspots. Well' okay, so we'll go with sunspots. sunspots all over the place that when you stand in the fire, it regenerates your health and gives you extra uh, regen. I could easily see that, and you your your abilities are based on your grenades or what are or like throwing grenades all over the place um that can damage enemies, but their main focus is to help heal you or add health to you in the same token, I can easily see Titans becoming that. Um, what is it? The, the, the
0: uh, tankish. It
2: there we go. There we go. Thank you. No problem. I don't know why I just, I blanked out. It happens. I can see Titans easily becoming the tank where they just go around and their job is to draw aggro. And there they have say, instead of, what everybody assumes to be 200 health, it has 300 health normal. In the same token, if we've noticed in Taken King, there's a lot of weapons uh, that are specific to sub, uh, to, not subclasses, specific to Guardians. Uh, you have the shotgun, which is specific to a Titan. Same thing with that auto rifle. The Ace of Spades is Hunter. The, uh, the Tleilok is for Warlock. I could easily see them implementing that on a larger degree, which may or may not upset the the, the community because, let's face it, year one, everybody loved hand cannons, and that's not the case now. Um, well, not as prevalent, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, and if you were to remove the hand cannons from being accessible to everybody, and make it only accessible to hunters and make it play on hunter abilities, then you kind of are gonna irk some people when in reality you can push that type of gun to the maximum it could possibly be. Say for example, you have a a hand cannon that is charged by using hunter abilities and all of a sudden it's firing arc shots. Uh, It's not going to constantly fire arc shots, but it using the abilities, you're with like, say, blade dancer, where you're teleporting all of a sudden midair, you fire a couple arc shots, teleporting back another arc shots. Like you, you can sort of play around with the the, the stuff that the class is known for, and you can't really do that if it's specific to. Uh, I mean, if it's open to everybody, if it's specific, you're able to do a lot more things to play around with the subclass and the weapons that you can't do right now.
1: I seem to. I mean, I think it's going to go differently if they do introduce takes and healers. Uh, I don't think we'll see them restructure how this game works or plays. It's they're still going to focus heavily on PvP, especially because that's a big part of their community. A lot of the community wants custom matches, which if they're going to keep focusing and bring in stuff like custom matches or ranked playlists, which have also been asked for, they're not going to change up how PvP works and i don't think they've shown they don't want to separate pve from pvp so i think if they are going to bring in tanks and healers it'll be through a new subclass and it'll be a super and it'll basically be something like a warlock can pop a super and during that super they'll either be able to put down sunspots or have like an aura around them where if you're in it you heal and then like a tank would be say a titan and the titan then um uh would like pop a super and they start glowing with fire so all um enemy adds focus fire on that but you have insane amounts of health and say in pvp they just glow super brightly but they still have insane amount of health and at that point it wouldn't be too overpowered because uh you'd be able to know where they are they could also you can make them appear on radar but they have insane amounts of health you know and then give hunters something like the crimson uh, crimson days buff like, so they can be super fast and agile because that'd be fun and
0: I like hunters. Oh, you have a good point. I mean, that's probably the okay. So destiny in its current state, trying not to upset upset the player base, that's probably the best way for them to handle it is attach these you know uh, healer or um, tank abilities to supers. Other because other than that they would actually, I mean, the game would be, like I said, it would need to be completely rebalanced, especially the Crucible. The Crucible would have to be played completely differently because you would have to play together. I mean, right now, the only time I hear voices in the Crucible is when we're in party chat. You know, like Fireteam chat, I, I still blame Bungie for people not talking in the Crucible because Fireteam chat and the Crucible came way too late. You know? Right. And without communication a a class-based system is not going to work i mean if you've ever tried to do like a wow raid without being on voice comms it's a fucking mess i mean i mean just look at um look at overwatch man playing an overwatch match without being on voice comms could be a fucking circus and that's just overwatch (laughs) um it's just, it just won't work. I'm mean, like, what, she's, what you're saying, David, what, it would probably be the best way for them to handle it. But then at the same time, I'm not necessarily sure it will make that big of, a, of an impact on the gameplay. You know, it's just it's just another super. Having to wait for a super to be able to heal your allies or having to wait for a super to be able to draw enemy fire, it's not very tank-like. You know, it's, it's you know, taking the aspect of being a tank and then doing that. I... Did.
2: I honestly believe that they're not going to introduce new subclasses, nothing in uh, just looking at what we've seen, nothing would indicate that. But all the, the comments about the subclasses and changing them, I could very easily see them making cert- like certain builds, like three new options for every single subclass. And that would be a way of adding new subclasses without actually adding a subclass. All you're doing is just changing the function of certain things. Make it so that it, you have your your resurrection build, you have your health build, and then you have, say, an offensive super build for a Sunsinger. All of a sudden, you got three different options that play very differently for different things. And that would make f- certain subclasses more viable in, say, Crucible, in the PvP, P- I'm sorry, PvE, and raids or whatever. Because... Outside of the uh, beginning area of Crota's End, when is a Warlock really viable in a raid? It's, they're not. Uh, I'm sorry, not Warlock. Uh, uh, void Walker really viable in a raid. Yes, you can use them, but there's not a specific situation where, say, you want, for example, Bubble Titan, almost always viable in a raid. A Night Stalker Hunter, almost always viable in a raid. Sunsinger of Warlock, very, very viable in a raid. But the other subclasses, Blade Dancer, okay, so now you can go ahead and go invisible when you're using your sword on Crota. Uh, th- there's, no other, there's no real spots for that. And I think that by adding three different independent things within the subclasses, you drastically change the game without having to do very much.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I just think, I mean, I don't get me wrong I—I I, While I agree with what uh, David said as what they would probably do I like your idea much better Because <laughs> that would actually make it Interesting <laughs> to me um, uh, that, It would make Destiny Much more interesting to, to, have, to Need to have more Teamwork than we do right now You know, right, right. now, teamwork consists of Okay, everybody move here Shoot Everybody move here, shoot rockets now like that's that's what it really consists of but if you have to have teamwork where maybe like you know you have a boss and i mean this is just me dreaming right now where somebody has to use um and i can't why am i drawing a blank where the the hunter moved the with the shadow shot where it holds enemies in place or it holds the enemy down and now the rest of the team has to shoot said boss or sub boss because that's the only way to do damage to him you know like that right there, like that, that 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 that's a lot of fun. But I think it will shake up the Destiny player base just way too much. There's so many people who play this game by themselves. You know? Right. Like for example, and I, and, Nick. And I think
2: it's doing it a disservice to the game. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just I'm saying the fact that that there's so many people playing by themselves is doing a disservice to the community and and, and this is not me trying to say that, oh, you have to play in groups. But If you're looking at the game, everybody's complaining when, for example, it's Iron Banner Rift, because they want to go in and do things by themselves. This is not the game for you. You're doing yourself a disservice and you're potentially holding the game back if you constantly complain about stuff that involves teamwork. Overwatch, why is it so much fun? Because you have to work as a team. You have to utilize all these different abilities, all these different skills. If it's just nonstop, hanzo's all over the place the game is while fun is going to suffer over the long run because there's not variety and that's one of the things that i've been harping up on on destiny is that yes there's three different subclasses and uh, there's three different things but for the most part everybody sticks to a specific amount of skills and subsets they shut off the mic they don't work as a team then you have people running off capturing uh, points that they really shouldn't be doing doing whatever the hell they want, and just making the game pointless in terms of team-based play. It's, it's, be, it's become a single-player game in a multiplayer game, and that is not good.
1: Right, and I think I, I agree with you for the most part. I think there are activities that you should do alone, activities that you should do as a team or can do alone, and others that you should do as a team. But I think if Bungie wants to keep pushing the team-based stuff, then in these next updates, they need to use these updates to implement more in-game ways to get in contact with others. The clan system is awesome. And now they've added basically an LFG to the app and the website, which is cool, but they still need to do more. They need in-game ways of contacting your clan, in-game ways of joining clans, in-game ways of looking for groups. Mm -hmm. And if they do that, then they can start to push even more team-based activities where you have to more specifically work as a team because people will be more open to it.
2: So what were you saying, Jared, I, when I cut you off, you were mentioning Nick?
1: I
0: was going to say Nick from Enorit. He plays by himself. And he this is this is how...
2: You mean from Wild Talk?
0: Oh, yeah, I said Nick from Enorit, sorry. Nick from yeah. Wild Talk. This is how simplistic the, the death of the gameplay can be. He plays by himself, and he's terrible at shooting. All he does is melee enemies. That's all he does. And That's how he plays. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so those are the types of people who are going to have the hardest time adjusting to something like this. Even though he does play WoW, don't get me wrong. But so he can play in a team. But this like a change like this will require you not only to be good at shooting, but also good at teamwork. You know. That's why I, I just wanted to tell Nick's story. Hi, Nick. He listens.
2: Hi, <laughs> hi, Nick. Hey. <laughs>
0: We love you, even though you're holding the
2: game back um, <laughs> uh, no it, it's just what 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 irks me is there's you have all these different subclasses that are really, really cool, but in the long run, in between throwing grenades and using supers, there's no real difference between these characters um and and I think that the game is hurting because of that. What outside of, oh, my warlock can resurrect, or I can put a bubble up, nobody really talks about these... The, the, yes, they are, they can change a game. Okay, that's not what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say is, you're still using the same guns and same everything, and in the end, your gunplay matters. Yeah. But I want to see those abilities come more into the forefront, and and say, for example... A a hunter who's focused solely on speed and invisibility and using all these different maneuvers and and whatever would be more appealing to me than say the the system that's currently in. If you have three different blade dancers, one who's focused solely on evasive maneuvers and visibility, another one focused on using chain lightning and different uh, teleportation Mm -hmm. uh, effects, and another one who's focused on Quick shots and, and and slides all over the place to get uh, to get up close and personal with enemies. That is more appealing to me than the, the, the three than the, the the blade dancer options right now, where it's just stab from behind, turn invisible, or possibly I forget uh, de- regenerating health from stabbing and killing something. Those are the really o- the only three options that you have for blade dancer.
1: I think I think the easiest way for them to give changes to these subclasses is finally give us a way to change what our super does like still keep it a blade dancer super but make the super itself do something different than swinging a blade at something and that's when you can start to get true variation within the subclasses
2: see but here here's the thing they kind of do already have that in there with the um you have the showstopper uh, melee attack we spin in an area and it kills everything around you. You have the, chi- uh, the, the the lightning that shoots from your blade when you when you swing it on the on the ground, and then you have the one that goes invisible.
1: Right, but that doesn't change from the fact that regardless, you're still just swinging a blade at someone. At right.
2: Right, and, and 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 that's something I hope that they would address. For example, one of the coolest things about the the, uh, what is it the, the the flame, the solar titan. Um, is his shoulder charge ability is very very cool but nobody uses it because it lasts for like five seconds yeah and i want to see more utilization of that say for example instead of becoming hammer brothers and throwing hammers all over the place like make a a a super make that build based upon solar melees and charges and and like attacks and like explosion like all of a sudden like one of the abilities that you have is you're charging up your 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 the the solar energy within you, and you have it you have then all of a sudden you can just release it in, in an explosion like bam, like it, it, it's a small effect that la- that lasts like a brief moment of a second, but does so much damage to enemies that are around you. It's so like very
1: a falcon punch.
2: Not really falcon punch, but like a falcon explosion. <laughs> But like, but, like, it changes, like, how you approach the class, because right now, sunbreakers sun aren't all that special in, in terms of their ability. Yes, they have a really cool super, and they have really good grenades, but outside of certain, you know, outside of that, you really don't have anything, any difference between that and your defender or your striker. Well, correction, the striker is the most different out of all three because you have the ability for shoulder charge. But outside of that, they're all, they all play the same. They, they really do. There's no change. The only change is the super.
1: Right. But the, that ty- Titan, the, uh, the Hammer Titan, and then the Sun Singer Warlock are actually the best examples of something like I'm talking about that they could do. Because with the hammers, you can change how your super works. You make it so now you charge people instead of throwing hammers at people. You turn it into a close quarters super instead of a distance super. With the Sunsinger Warlock, that's actually the one that's got the most variation. You can rock self-res, you can rock someone who buffs yourself and your team at the same time. I don't even know what the third one does because I don't even use it. But it showed during um, one of the Challenge of Elders with the grenade recharge and catapult and grenade. things was When you would use the Sunsinger Warlock with that certain ability, now instead of becoming someone who was a resing person to bring someone back to life, you're now a buffer for your team. And that changes how the super works, which is what I want them to do. I want them to make it so that you can change how your super works while still using the same super. Right. Yeah, I, I just
2: really hope that in Rise of Iron, they take the initiative and make, you don't really have to add a new subclass or like for example, poison or wind or whatever, water heart, Go plan it. You don't have to go that in that route. You you just have to make these specific subclasses their own thing and make changes to the actual subclasses so that there's a differentiation. And I hope they take that path this fall and make them really different. And uh, one last thing uh, before we end the show, I want to talk about um, the potential PvP aspect of Rise of Iron. We already know that Iron Banner is a huge thing in Destiny right now. I'm really hoping that since if, if this is the actual game and we're really going to be involved with Lord Saladin, I hope that there's an actual change to the Iron Banner as opposed to the mode that it is now. While the mode is cool, it's so dated and it's so... Disappointing that it's basically just an enhanced version of Control or Clash or
1: Rift. I think it's the perfect opportunity to introduce custom matches and ranked playlists. I think
2: it's a perfect opportunity to, to, to implement a new game type where you're picking up weapons of the specific Iron Banner on the ground and make it so that you go in only with a primary and that encourages gunplay. I, I I I wanna see games focusing more on actual gunplay, on actual primary weapons, and not becoming non-stop sniper fests. It's 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 really taken away from the game when all you see are non-stop sniper fests. I mean, the only montages that people put up now are just non-stop snipers and at a certain point, like, yeah, you sniped somebody and you put up a montage, that's nice. So did all these other 300 people that that did it before you. And so will the other 300 people that do it after you.
0: Yeah, and sniping in Destiny, while, well, don't get me wrong, I don't want to take anything away from anybody, uh, it's just not that difficult to do. That's why I, I don't necessarily watch sniper montages. It, I think before... Um, before what was the latest expansion it was uh taking king yeah before taking king it was it was more difficult because I, I didn't even snipe uh with before taking king not that i couldn't do it but i hated waiting back and lining up the shot on console come over pc player but once uh taking king came out even i was able to snipe on console very well so I, i'm just not that impressed by sniper compilations
2: all right. Now if you well, want to do a bunch
0: of Titan melee compilations, be my guess. They have T-Rex <laughs> arms. That that be that would be very I, I, nice.
2: I think it'd be very cool if you if you actually used it, the hammer as more of a melee weapon. And I want them to see them implement that, like all of a sudden like you're pow 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 and like you have all these combos going on with a hammer.
0: Oh yeah, they would definitely need to have the appropriate sound for that, like some type of looney tunes. Like hammer, like anvil, fall on somebody's head sound. I would just, I would just constantly do that in the crucible. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think that would be very, very fun. It
2: would add a lot of replayability and and make a lot of people more focused on the subclasses and then the type of build that they choose. You have your subclass and you have three different builds. I think that would be better than the current system we have. Yeah. Anyway, before we uh, wrap that baby up. Is there anything you guys wanted to throw in? How about messages from the reef? Oh, there we go. Let's go into messages (laughs) from the reef.
1: All right. So first question for the day comes from Justin Rossi and he's kind of wondering about the Zen meteor. He says that he got his first drop after, or he got it as his first drop after the update, but it seems rare for most people and he wants to know our overall opinions on the weapon and how often it's dropped for us.
2: I've got, I've picked it up three times. It's a fantastic weapon, but it highlights how snipers are in Destiny, where it's just become a complete headshot fest with very minimal effort. And I'm not trying to poo-poo and make it seem like sniping is the absolute easiest thing to do that anybody down the street can go ahead and pick it up and play around with it, but when you, something has an aim assist of, of 90 out of 100. 80. It's 80. 80. 80 base, but you can boost it up to 90. <laughs> 90 out of 100. I mean, it, it takes very minimal effort to all of a sudden get the shots. I mean, Holtzman on Planet Destiny was talking about jump snipes without aiming in and getting headshots.
1: Yeah, it's I've gotten it four or five times. And it basically just seems like, for some reason, you don't get it for a while. And then once you get it, you get it a lot. It seems to be what I've heard from people. But I agree, it's the stickiest sniper out there right now. Mm-hmm. And it's making headshots easy.
2: Yeah, it reminds me of Fourth Horseman for me in year one. I didn't get a Fourth Horseman in year one until a couple weeks before Taken King. That was the one white whale that I was searching for. And I finally got it. And I was like, I'm done. I quit this game. And then later on that day, I picked it back up.
1: All right. All right so next question is from Lee Partridge. And he says he's done buying three of coins from Zer, And he wants to know if they should be completely removed from the game because he feels that getting an exotic is less special when you're using them.
2: Uh, see it's a, it's a double edged sword because on one end I completely agree that exotics are not special and that's more of a function of them not having exotics that drop only in specific areas or more of them I should say yes you have your black hammer and your no time to explain and certain things that you have to do quests for but for the most part they aren't all that powerful or all that special outside of black hammer um the really good ones your zen meteors your um your for example your twilight garrison it would have been cool if you w- had to go do a quest on mars to get twilight garrison or a specific mission that is very very hard very very challenging it must be done specifically by you and all of a sudden you're you're you you are you you ha- you, it's a challenge to get it. You're not going to get that first time because you're either a not strong enough or b you just don't have the proper loadout. Like it would be cool if something if, if certain ex- more exotics were available that way. Um, I kind of do want three coins to stay, and the reason I say that is it's a very it's a very effective way to level yourself up. That being said, I do want I think what would be better for the community would be if half of the new exotics that were going to be coming out are specifically from quests that are really, really challenging and force you to play a specific way.
1: Uh, Yeah, see, I just kind of feel that Three of Coins should be removed because they took away the special part of exotics to me. And I think they just need to implement... um, other ways to get exotics, I loved when they were in the Crucible drop table because it made it special when you get an exotic. Like you get hyped when you get an exotic at the end of the match. And I think they should do that kind of with mid, uh, the ultras. Like make it so there's just a very low drop rate from an exotic for ultra and you don't have to have this consumable that you buy to get it. That sounds fair. All right. Next question is actually a group of three questions from Kana Rice, but I like all three. So we'll go quickly through them. Void walker scatter grenades, balance or broken. Mm-hmm. They're bordering on
2: broken. They're, they're they're very very effective, but they're the the their time to kill compared to other grenades is very very quick. Mm-hmm. I I think it's it's it has it has a wider range than say a trip mine grenade which can kill you instantly and that becomes a problem when you throw a scatter grenade and all of a sudden like within seconds you can't really react to it and you just die because you just got obliterated that being said they weren't that special before and with the new updates they are very very powerful to the point that you don't even need nothing manacles uh to make them effective like it was in year one
1: um I think balanced because you have to give up an exotic slot to actually make them useful.
2: No, even without the exotics, they're they're very effective. I use them all the time.
1: They're, I think they're meh without nothing manacles. All right. Uh, his next question, Universal Remote becoming more prominent and prominent in 3v3 matches. Do we feel there's a problem with Universal Remote?
2: I think it's more of a problem with the map than anything else. The maps encourage a specific style, which causes certain weapons to come to the forefront and there's very little variety in the maps, which causes shotgun play or sniper play to become more prevalent in the case of universal remote, because of how, spe- uh, how they made special ammo, the universal remote has become the answer to the, the problem with, with special ammo. And that's a product of what, what Bungie is doing with regards to special, not, not so much special ammo, but, the the classes themselves it's they'll people always find a workaround to get that one hit kill and this is their way of working around that
1: okay i agree with you there i think maps is part of the biggest problem for guns like universal remote being a problem all right and his last question have you noticed an improvement to the melee hit boxes since the update he says he hasn't
2: i have not in fact i've seen I've been the recipient of fortunate moments where I probably should have been killed by a Titan charge and it slid right off me. Like I was covered in butter and I just punched the hell out of them. Uh,
1: for me, I think uh, I've definitely noticed people using Arcblade more and I think shoulder charge, it honestly feels like there is no change in a good connection game. But as soon as you kind of hit an iffy connection game, I feel like I'm dying from shoulder charge before I ever see shoulder charge even being activated. Alright, and then next question comes from Mike Perry. He wants to know if we think the Rise of Iron Expansion will be enough to see us through to Destiny 2.
2: If it's anything like Taken King, no. It really has to be... Because here's the thing, I don't think Destiny 2 is is coming out in spring. I think it's going to be a September release of 2017. And if they do the same exact thing with Taken King that they did that they did with Taken King that they do with uh, with Rise of Iron you're going to have a lot of people just give up on the franchise this has been a very trying period and it's very very hard cuz the game has not changed in any meaningful way since Taken King has come out yes you've had one new map in uh in what is it called the cathedral of dusk one new strike in the blighted chalice and one new mission everything else has remained status quo um and it really hasn't changed in a meaningful way yes you have you've had special events like uh srl uh festival of the loss and uh the valentine's one crimson days but other than that the game hasn't changed and it's it's really tough to play sometimes and I'm saying that as a huge fan of the game.
1: I agree that it needs something more. And I think they can do that with um, more uh, kind of events coming in, like, but not events like we've had. Not Don't give me Crimson Days. I want stuff like a quest line that comes in that maybe introduces a new mission or stuff, even stuff like Black Spindle coming in. That's what keeps the community excited. So it needs to be m- a little bit bigger than Taken King and it needs more stuff like that all the way up until destiny 2 and i think that will keep it as enough but otherwise it's not good
2: just give us like even if it's running through same areas bloody chalice guess it used a lot of similar areas it's a fun strike and if they introduce one or two, like up to four new strikes throughout the year like every other month like introduce a storyline kind of like Moloch was a fun little storyline But make it so it's like two-story missions and a strike every few months and you're fine. I'm not asking for for another raid, which, by the way, supposedly we were supposed to get a raid back in April, but then they pushed it back to the fall. Uh, I'm not asking for a full-on raid. If you give me a raid, I'll be very, very happy. But if you give me two-story missions that involve going into different areas, uh, the same areas but from a different perspective... And you make it so that there's a lot more enemies or whatever. Make the story missions a little bit more interesting. I'd be okay with that. I mean, the the first story mission of House of Wolves was pretty much the uh the Archon Priest in reverse. And I found that to be a very, very fun mission, even though you're the the amount of area that you go through is not that 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 large. It's a very fun mission. There's there's a tank right in the middle, you have to deal with the tank, you have to deal with the ads. To deal with all these different things that they made small changes to those environments. And I don't think that's asking too much for, for, for a story mission.
1: All right. And last question comes from Juan Diaz. Is there really at this point, a valid reason for no matchmaking on nightfalls or even challenge of elders? No. Yeah, I agree. At this point, those things have become kind of simple content and they're, I know they're supposed to be in-game content, but it's nothing like a raid. You really don't need communication to do a nightfall.
2: Especially Challenge Velders. There's, there's no reason for that. I, I I don't get Bungie's philosophy, and it's really driving me up a wall, especially now, um, why they don't have matchmaking. When you have all these companies that are very, very publicly pushing out matchmaking, and Bungie's still like, nope, I'm sorry, not going to do it.
1: Nope, no, I'll fuck you. I'm going to go this way. Boom. Yeah, I agree. All right. So with that, we want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit and let you know that we are available on a ton of platforms. So please spread the word. We're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player FM, Pocket Casts, and we also have an RSS feed.
2: And make sure that you guys are listening to the many different podcasts available here on the Mash Those Button Network. We have Double Tap, our fighting game podcast, released bi-weekly on Wednesdays for fans of Street Fighter Mortal Kombat and other fighting games. Wow Talk, our podcast dedicated to World of Warcraft, released bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Watchpoint, our podcast focusing on the sights, sounds, and groans of your constant failure to stop Bastion on Overwatch, available bi-weekly on Tuesday. Sit Rep Radio, our podcast dedicated to getting you up and around the streets of New York, released bi weekly on Mondays and of course we are in orbit your resource dedicated to the stargazers and darkness destroyers in Bungie's galaxy available bi-weekly on Monday for any questions regarding scheduling check mash schedule for scheduling details check us out on twitter.com slash mtb site that's m as in mary t as in tony b as in boy s-i-t-e facebook.com slash mash those buttons youtube.com slash mash those buttons david where can people find you at
1: uh you can find me on twitter at ds underscore bolt or streaming on twitch twitch.tv slash ds bolt no spaces no underscores just one word
2: and Jarrett, where can people find you at
0: uh on twitter it's just underscore ja underscore so it's underscore j a a -A 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 underscore
2: and I'm available on Twitter at GoToNRG. That's G-O-the number two. And as in Nancy, Rs and Roger, G as in George. And on behalf of me, or hey, David, Jarrett, and the rest of the in-orbit team, we thank you for listening to our show. Hope you're listening to you're enjoying the new content. And as always, we'll see you star side on the next mission. Later days, guys.